Hello and welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you which of these many dozens of streaming shows that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and today I get to talk to you about a show that I really loved called Mrs. Davis, which hits Peacock with its first four episodes on April 20th. The show follows a nun named Simone who is basically determined to bring down a supposedly all-powerful AI that in her mind has enslaved the world pretty much. So the show itself stars Betty Gilpin as Simone the Nun, uh, Jake McDormand uh, from Limitless and Lady Bird, Andy McQueen uh, from Outer Banks and Station Eleven, Christy Metopoulos is excellent, Silicon Valley, Three Stooges, Margo Martindale, Elizabeth Marvel, David Arquette, so many more people uh, keep showing up in the show. And joining me to discuss the show itself is Simone, uh, sworn enemy of Mrs. Davis, Betty Gilpin. Uh, Betty, you may know from Glow as Debbie or Liberty Bell or Gaslit or The Hunt. Uh, Nurse Jackie, she was great in. She's been at it for years. And as I say in the interview, I've loved speaking with her over the years and have been waiting for a role that really truly services all the amazing things that she can do. And this role of Simone in Mrs. Davis is certainly that role. Um, there are some shows that I really go to the mat for and recommend everyone at least try. I believe the last one I really went for was Shrinking, uh, but Mrs. Davis is the latest. Drop everything and watch this from me. Um, the series is created by Tara Hernandez and also Damon Lindelof, who did Lost, uh, Leftovers, HBO's Watchmen series, The Hunt, the newer Star Trek films he produced. Uh, if you like twisty shows that mash a lot of genres together into one kind of strange pie, then Mrs. Davis is the one for you. I've seen all eight episodes, and if you're one of those people that doesn't want to start something until it's renewed, because then you know that the story's going to continue and you won't be left on a cliffhanger, uh, I will simply say this first season is its own contained story, and you should absolutely just dive in right away. It's so fun and inventive and emotional by the end, and as I said, Betty Gilpin just knocks it out of the park with this role of Simone that was seemingly just made for her. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll say, what the hell is going on a lot? <laughs> and by the end, you'll be thankful for the journey. Um, but before we get to my chat with Betty Gilpin, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, the Discourse, the Rogue Ones, Yellowstoners, Deep Focus, the Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Follow, like, subscribe, drop us a rating on any of those as we greatly appreciate it, or just head over to what I refer as the mothership, which is theplaylist.net for film and TV news and interviews and reviews and more. As a reminder to our listeners, the first four episodes of Mrs. Davis are up on Peacock on April 20th with new episodes premiering weekly. The pilot alone is just going to knock you for a loop. Go check it out. Okay, here's my chat with the hilarious and charming and always kind Betty Gilpin. Betty, great Hi. to see you again. Yeah, uh, you too. Can't tell you how thrilled I am with Mrs. Davis. It is so, so damn good. Congratulations. Yay! Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Simone just kind of seems custom made for you. It's like funny. It's tragic. It's dramatic. It's strange. It's moving. It's all of those things. <laughs> um, what was your first reaction when they, they came to you with it? It Was it Damon that brought it to you? Yes. Da so Damon Lindelof and I had worked together on The Hunt and... Uh, 
he, I had texted, we were texting during the pandemic and I was asking him what he was working on. And he said, oh, this thing I can't really talk about called Mrs. Davis. And Is there anything I, that he can talk about really? Yeah, exactly. I know just a, just a man full of secrets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, Mrs. Davis, I wonder if it's about like a 1950s housewife who goes insane and kills everyone. I want to be Mrs. Davis. Um, <laughs> And then uh, months and months later, he told me about uh, that he and Tara Hernandez were writing, you know, about a nun named Simone fighting this possibly benevolent, possibly evil AI named Mrs. Davis and what I sign on. And I mean, the script, the reading, I, they only gave me the pilot to read uh, and I was in from page one. I mean, their writing is so unique. You know, I think with a theater background, usually I just kind of cheat and skip to the dialogue, but even their stage directions are so, it's like reading a comic book. It's like Calvin Hobbes by Ernest Hemingway. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I love you and Glow. I love you in the Hunt and Gaslit and all that stuff, all the way back to Nurse Jackie. But interviewing you in the past, I know how fun and charismatic you are. So I've been waiting on something that just throws it all in the mixer, like yeah. constantly barrages you with all that is Betty. And I feel like this really does that in spades. So it is a barrage, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is the ultimate acting cat toy in that it just changes genre every scene. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that is more like life than you know sticking to one tone uh, for a whole season. You know, I think that while our show is wacky and twisty and turny. To me, the themes that it discusses um, and the questions it asks uh, are more relatable to me than any hard-boiled detective show that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I alluded to earlier, obviously, you've, you first collaborated with Damon on The Hunt, and this is kind of his... You can, you can see his DNA in here because yeah. he loves to make shows about that war between, like, science and faith. Right. And... I mean, have you sat him down and been like, what's up, dude? This is like three or four <laughs> shows here. Like, what's going on? What's your fascination well, with this? It's definitely both he and Tara Hernandez are yeah. just uh, the way that they ask big questions and sort of hide your vegetables in <laughs> a, a genre they invent is so unique uh, and powerful. Um, and uh as wacky as it gets, the why of it is always so yes. important. And, um, you know, as an actor, I feel like I usually play either or or I read either badass women who uh, know the answer before you do and have their arms folded and are tough talking and sarcastic or vulnerable with their arms open and hopeful and curious uh, and for me, this character, Simone, started out as one and then her faith kind of against every fiber of her identity made her a little bit into the latter. And uh, getting to weave between those two characters really or traits was uh, so much fun and, and felt really true. Yeah. I've heard you say in other interviews that you write a lot for preparing for characters and you use a lot of metaphors when you're doing that preparation. What were like the big metaphors for Simone? <laughs> um, the big metaphors for Simone, I mean, I think about, gosh, what were some Simone metaphors? Yeah, I think I thought a lot about her being, uh, it was like two animals, it was like a, a 
drunk panther uh, who was a thousand years old, but then also a hummingbird who was uh, on a pixie stick, just like so in love with Jay and uh, against all odds, sobbing at a rose petal that she sees because she's so in love and it makes her more in love with the world while also, you know, knowing every trick, seeing the strings pulled uh, and, you know, kicking ass. Absolutely. It's also like, like you've been saying, it's, it's one of these shows that is really going to mess with your audience. Like it's, I'm constantly going, wait, what the, like, yes, every episode is there's a lot of what the Fs. And every time you think you have a handle on it, it takes a left turn. When you're someone that's acting in something like this, are you someone who needs to understand everything that's going on? Or do you just say, I just need to focus on Simone. This is not going to make sense until it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, (laughs) my, um, my husband is super into sci-fi and super into plot heavy stuff. And I connect, uh, to things where people are either crying or having sex. And often when it's a plot driven thing, watching with my husband, I have to pause and be like, what is happening? Like game of (laughs) Thrones. I was just so lot pausing every five seconds, um, drove him insane. Uh, but this, because the plot is so connected to integral themes of today, Mm -hmm. um, my little tiny thimble full of pea brain uh, was able to to go with every twist and turn because uh, every turn is so earned in our show, I think, um, and so fun and, uh, and uh, yeah, earned. Yeah, I won't say anything that spoils it, but I watched, the, I finished it today. I actually finished Whoa. it this morning. Wow. And... I will say that the arc of the season feels like a whole arc, a full story. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Even if the show is like this big hit for Peacock, do you think there should be more? Have you talked to Damon and Tara about, is there more? That kind of thing? I mean, I'll do this show forever. Uh, I just, it was unplugged joy it was crazy the this experience you know a lot of times in these scenarios junket scenarios you're sort of digging your nails into your thigh being like it was a great experience and i loved everybody and i'm stand by the work we did but this is like i wish i could infuse myself with some sort of truth serum where it it just the experience was so meaningful and joyful that yeah i'll do a billion seasons of this (laughs) yeah i would watch a billion seasons of this so very happy to hear it. You also have American Prime Evil coming up, the next Netflix show. Yes. Uh, Peter Berg, Mark L. Smith, who did The Revenant. Sounds yes. like it might be a grueling shoot. What's your experience there and what can you tease? It's so much fun. I mean, I'm. it's a lot of sobbing and screaming in a corset and petticoat on a horse. Uh, the usual. We did a month of horse training leading up to shooting, uh, which... Mrs. Davis, I would say the only part of Mrs. Davis that was um, challenging was the horse couldn't have hated me more. Uh, (laughs) Like I'm supposed to have this incredible connection with the white horse and the horse sneezed on me, ran away from me, wanted to eat my face. Um, And so I was worried about going into American Primeval because I was like, I have a personality trait where horses want to cover me in snot and put their teeth in my retinas. Um, You were wearing uh, a wool habit in Arizona. That's true. Yeah. I mean, luckily, uh, I'm not having that experience on this show. I I love the horses on this one. I loved the horse on Mrs. Davis. It just didn't love me. Right, right. Just wasn't that into me. Yeah. But no, American Prime Evil is going to be ridiculous. It sounds amazing. (laughs) Cass is amazing. All that. 
Uh, I love working with Peter Berg and Taylor Kitsch. Nice. Angel. Yes. Last time we spoke, you also said you did like a, a tape audition for She-Hulk. Uh, I'm yeah. a superhero guy, so I'm oh, always cool. kind of digging for for that kind of stuff. I like that kind of stuff. Obviously, yeah. that role went to Tatiana Maslany, but I'm curious yeah. if you've stayed in touch with Marvel at all for like, hey, you know, I'm here. What do, what do you got? Marvel and I are pen pals. Yes, um, I knew it. Yeah, I auditioned for She-Hulk when I was like four months pregnant. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, should I do a take where I incorporate that something's like about to hulk out of me. And I was like, no, I think, cause it was at a point where we didn't know when the pandemic was over. So I didn't want to discount myself if they're like, we're going to be shooting when you're giving birth. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, Marvel, um, <laughs> I'm going to take that as a very much. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as someone who loves, well, many people in the cast, I, I also love David Arquette cause he's a beautiful unicorn of a person. Do you it have really a quick is. David Arquette story before we go? I mean, he's so incredible in this show. And I really feel like across the board, Jake McDormand and I were talking about this across the board. Every actor is playing a part that I think their dad would be like, that's my son. Like they're just playing a part of their soul that is so inherently them. And they were supposed to like Chris Diamantopoulos as JQ. It, yes. it, it's, it, it's just, everyone is plugging into a part of their identity um, that feels so right. And David Arquette is no exception. His performance is uh, very beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. They're going to pull me out of here with a hook. I'll just say Mrs. Davis premieres on April 20th uh, with four episodes, followed by the new episodes weekly on Thursdays. Betty is so damn good in it. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks. Right. Thanks so much. Bye. Is it okay if I proxy? Sorry, she'll speak to me through here, and then I'll just repeat whatever she says, not she. It. It is a machine. She wants to talk. Talk, 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 talk to you. If I say no, it's just gonna send someone else, isn't it? Probably. You are the only person on the planet who can fulfill this quest. You must locate the Holy Grail. The what now? Mrs. Davis is all-knowing and all-powerful. She not only knows you're coming for her, but she wants you to. Then I better get going. Wiley? What is that on your face? What, my stash? A lot's changed since I last saw you. Meat? Resistance. What are you resisting? Same thing you are. Yeah, correct. Mrs. Davis? Don't give it a nine! No one calls Facebook dog. We gotta what we got. This is what it does. Everyone you meet is only trying to push you into doing what it wants. This is a matter of time before every person on Earth does whatever it asks them to. I'm the best weapon you've got. Um, I'm looking for the grail, the holy one.